Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyers Hour on WCPT AM 820, where the facts matter. And we're going to try and run with two cameras today, so it's going to be a little bit different view. Um, remotely, we're still having trouble getting hold of Joey, but we're going to get hold of him from the Federal Savings Bank, and so he should be joining us shortly. Uh, but in the studio with us, I have two of my favorite people. I have my favorite attorney, Patrick Loftus of Loftus Law. Patrick, if you don't mind, give someone a shout out and tell us about you. Good morning. My name is Patrick Loftus. I am with a law firm called Loftus Law. I was instructed by my wife, Anna, to say hello to our kitty cat. Nice. Her, her name is Naya, but I like to call her the little stinker. Uh, that's so, all good. Good morning, little stinker. I love it. She's going to be the only one up early enough to listen to this, so she, this is probably actually uh, quite appropriate. If you want to find out about real estate law or, well, just real estate law, let's, let's stick to that. Uh, my number, you can call or text 773-632-8330. Well, he didn't want to go ahead and plug it, but I'm going to. All right. My friend Patrick here has gotten 25,000 followers on his Cheap Flights TikTok. How do people find that Cheap Flights TikTok? At Let Me Help You Fly. And I, I only paid for some of them. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of followers <laughs> in just a few months. So, normally we bring on a real estate agent and we try to talk about ethics and. You know, basically how to do right by the clients. And today I'm going to do a little bit of a mix-up. So I'm bringing in another home inspector. Um, he is a competitor of mine, but I really value this person. And he does some unique volunteering work that I think is just special. And if we could raise some funds for him, I'd like to go ahead and do that as well. So, Greg, if you don't mind, Greg Dimple, please tell us about you and your business and then but focus a little bit on the magic absolutely well thanks so much for having me uh charlie uh, my name is greg dimple my inspection company name is rfh and associates um i've owned it for the last 18 years um like many uh, i probably pretty much go wherever the inspections are uh, a shout out if i could to my 94 uh, year old father harry who is listening and hi harry my uh, lovely wife, Rosalinda, and my daughter, Candice, uh, who is integral in uh, a lot of the stuff that I do with my magic, and both my wife, actually, they're, they're my guinea pigs when I'm working on tricks. But um, So for the last um, eight years, I've been part of an organization called Open Heart Magic, and they train people from all walks of life how to do bedside magic for children in the hospital that are, uh, in some cases, going through very serious uh, medical issues repeat the organization again please it's uh open heart magic and, and what's the website for them how do they openheartmagic.org um, and is this nationwide or is this only in no, illinois no we're in illinois ohio and michigan as of right now so when the pandemic hit we like a lot of nonprofits, lost a lot of our um magicians and our board members so we're kind of in a rebuilding um before the pandemic we had 180 magicians now we have 75 so well, that's a big loss. It's it a shame. A, it is a big loss. And so there's a lot of kids that aren't being seen. So in the fall, we will be doing what we call Magic U or Magic University, where we will be training more magicians to get out in the hospital and spend time uh, with kids. It's the most amazing, rewarding thing that I've ever done. As long as I can walk, I'll be doing this. And so um, on April 28th, we're going to be having our 20th year celebration benefit. Uh, we've been in the hospitals now for 20 years, and it's going to wow. be at the... Uh, at the Hubbard Inn, and you can buy tickets at uh, openheartmagic.org. And I'm also selling raffle tickets. The grand prize is a $2,000 cash prize. So if you're interested in that, you could reach out to me or you could reach out directly to the website. Outstanding. And what does it cost to go to school to become? It doesn't cost anything. Um, so, really? uh, oh, yeah. You um, fill out an application online, and then they call you, they interview you. You'll come in and do an interview at our office downtown, and then the training basically is once uh, a week, every Monday night for three months, and then at the end of that, you do a performance test, and then there's some hospital protocol stuff that you need to learn, and then they assign you a hospital uh, close to your home, and then you knock on the door, the hospital gives you a list, we supply you with all the magic tricks. The bicycle card company is amazing. Uh, they've donated all of our cards to us, and sometimes we go through 20,000 decks of cards in a year. So uh, they've been a great sponsor and supporter of Open Heart Magic. 
and um, when you get to the hospital, they give you a list, and it tells you which patients they want you to see, and you knock on the door, ask them if they want to see some magic, and if they say yes, you go in, you spend about 20 to 30 minutes right at their bed. We teach them a magic trick. Every kid gets a magic wand and a bracelet that says, I believe in magic, nice. and, and a little storybook that explains how the trick works, and it's just, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. It's just really cool. So tell me, give me a story. I want to pick one person, one child out, and tell me about the magic it did, and tell me, you know, why is it rewarding? How did you come in, and how did you leave? Okay, so one of the reasons I, I do this is, uh, like you know, Charlie, our, our business kind of can slow down a little bit right before Thanksgiving and doesn't pick up until after the new year. And so I was just looking for a volunteer opportunity, and I just did a Google search, and the first thing that came up was um, open heart magic. And Thanks. in 1971, when I was nine, I had open heart surgery. So I did not know that. Um, mm. So I know what it's like to be a kid in the hospital for a long period of time. So it was like open heart surgery, open heart magic, I need to be doing this. So... I got involved. Uh, one of the kids who got actually a lot of my extra time, um, I share that story with the kids in the hospital because um, they can certainly relate. And um, this kid says to me, you had open heart surgery? And I said, yeah. And he said, I just had my fifth. So um, just to meet a person that had gone through that, uh, that really, the really scary. One, that is scary. Yeah, it's really scary. So, And he just uh, was amazing. We just had a great time. He was um, really into the magic. He had never seen magic close up before, so he was just awesome. He just totally and completely loved it. Yeah, so it was great. Nice. I love that. Now, what are some of the things that you're doing? You, you mentioned the raffle ticket, you know, to raise money. What else are you doing to raise money? Um, for the event, uh, we're always looking mm -hmm. for uh, silent auction items and um corporate uh, sponsorships so there's all kinds of different levels and you know that, that that's kind of uh, above what I know and do because I'm the magician out in the hospital so that's kind of like the office stuff but uh, yeah so we're always looking for corporate sponsors and uh, auction items another thing too our biggest fundraiser every year is the Chicago Marathon so we always have guaranteed bibs so you don't have to get into the, the lottery for that uh, last year we had 55 runners um, so this is the eighth year because I'm a giving person. I am sacrificing my bib. So uh, <laughs> you're a good a, man sacrificing like that. I don't me little, too. Yeah. Uh, I just for the record, I'm going to sacrifice my my yeah. marathon and so, but I'll drive it if they want me to. Yeah. So if uh, if you are a runner, or you know a runner that would like to work mm -hmm. for a great uh, a charity. We have a great VIP tent that really treats our runners well and we help you make, uh, meet your fundraising goals but it is our, our largest fundraising uh, event every year uh, one thing if I could just share one story about the marathon please um, I, we have a lot of the magicians go along the the, the race route and support, support the runners as they go and one of my friends who I've become friends with uh, from doing this Larry was there supporting the runners actually his son was running in the race that year and this he was wearing a, a shirt that said open heart magician and this woman came up to him and said are you one of the magicians and he said i guess i am and she said well i have to share the story um we had nine-year-old twins and a couple years ago one of them passed away from cancer and every year we continue to put your magic wand on our christmas tree so that's the kind of impact that it can have on kids and and their families not only the families i mean the, the kids are going through uh, some really tough issues, but the yeah. family and the parents are going through that stuff right along with them. So, and I'm sure that any time they can bring a smile to a kid's face, that's like the most important thing. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just a, a, a lot of fun. I, I go. Um, so when you go through Magic University, you commit to doing the program for a year. You go every other week, so it's 26 visits a year. If you're on vacation or sick and you can't make it, uh, we can go into the website and just say, I need a sub, and somebody will pick up your shift. Nice. So it's not a, an issue. The kids will be seen. So uh, it's just a great it's a great organization that was started 20 years ago by Mike Walton, and he, he just built it into something that was really special. I love it. Mike Walton is a good man now in my books. So this show is really supposed to be about real estate you know when we come into it but that doesn't mean we can't jump off and talk about that but i know we've been having trouble getting um joey on the air but i think we got him here right now and joey if you don't mind i want to know what's going on with uh chairman powell nope still no joey <laughs> so sorry about that all right patrick if you don't mind i want to i know we left off I'm short here. oh there he is i knew you were here so <laughs> 
Joey, if you don't mind, well, give us what's going on with Chairman Powell, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, we lost him again. All right. Um, I think we might just be bailing on poor Joey. I'm so sorry. He must but, have had a squirrel eat through his uh, internet cord or something. Yeah, or <laughs> eat it at it's not running on the wheel anymore. And uh, yes, Joey, we are making fun of you a little bit. That does happen. Um, but Patrick, we were talking, and, and I know you're not really prepared for this, but oh, good. we were talking about condo <laughs> docs and getting those documents in the past. And um, and I, and I forgot exactly where it was that we left off, but I know there were two major uh, players that are here in the Chicagoland area that provide those docs for most associations. Is that true? Um, boy, I mean, yeah, there's there's two websites really that a lot of the property management companies use. There's one called HomeWise Docs, and then there's Condo Certs. Um, some management companies have their own uh, have their own way of doing it. And, and if you've got a smaller association, that is self-managed that will typically be handled by whoever is the whoever's the most responsible one of the three unit owners um so it can be a little bit of a, a hunt to try to find exactly uh who is handling the documents i mean the the, the big websites uh, that handle it i mean it's it's good news, bad news, right? So the good news is that it's it's all in one place. I know where to get it. Uh, I, I know how to access HomeWise Docs. But then when I get there, uh, when I see how much it's going to cost to acquire these documents, disclosures, and paid assessment letter, um, it makes me want to fight someone over at HomeWise. Uh, what are we looking at? How much? Well, um, I mean, gosh, especially if you need a quote-unquote rush job, okay? Yeah, so, and and they, they get to decide what is a rush and what isn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, this isn't typical, but if you were to need the full boat of docs, disclosures, paid assessment letter, uh, plus uh, a, a big old rush, uh, you could be looking at upwards near $1,000. Now, it's that's not... Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, there's there's really not much I can do about it. Now, the, the state legislature did pass a law recently amending the condo, uh, the Illinois Condominium, Condominium Property Act okay. to limit the amount of... Uh, the, the amount they could charge for these documents and disclosures to three hundred seventy-five dollars, and I think they're only allowed to charge a hundred bucks for a rush. Now, what I have seen in in response to that is, uh, well, it's some semantic games where they uh, talk about what they're what they're charging for, and well, I'm not I'm not charging uh, this for for necessarily that, but you know, the, there's other levers they can pull. So, so of course. It, the, the legislature, I think, in in good faith, tried to uh, pass a law that would be uh, in the in the nature of protecting consumers. Um, however, people are smart enough to figure out ways around it. So, you know, how, how do if I'm a, a property management company or an association, okay, I can't charge four hundred bucks, five, six hundred bucks for uh, condo docs and disclosures, but I can charge you 200 more on your move out fee what what does somebody want then i mean what are they looking for in there i mean does that include also reserve studies in, in that it can okay. uh, a bigger building will typically have a reserve study uh and it's definitely something i request now i i don't believe the condominium property act lists a reserve study I, that may be part of the um the most recent uh uh and this amendment. is the law now I, I believe so. I mean, okay. you, 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 uh, Sorry, you said you I were going to catch me unprepared. I uh, did. I, you know, the, the, the dollar amounts definitely, you know, those stick in your mind. But yeah. when it comes to uh, the full um, amendment, I, I don't entirely recall. I, they may have added reserve study to the list of documents that uh, you can be compelled as a seller to provide to the buyer. But what am I looking for? Uh, me personally, so I, I do want to see the financials. Okay, I, I don't necessarily care how much they're paying uh, or what, how much they've budgeted for snow removal or landscaping. Um, but I do like to see that they're devoting uh, at least 10% of their income uh, to reserves. I'd like to see what's in the reserves. Um, you know, those are all relevant and interesting to me. Yeah, putting um, a new roof on is a lot of money. Can be. Can you know, be. And, and finding out how old that thing is, and I, I think it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And so, 
uh, we're, we're going to go deeper than just the numbers, right? The numbers tell one story, but um, we, we want to look at the condominium declaration and bylaws, okay? So, and, and just to, that's real jargony. So, when I talk about a condominium declaration, it's basically this document that the developer will record that sticks with the property. And it has all of the rules about how uh, about how that property is going to be maintained, governed, some some restrictions on what you can and can't do. Um, you know, for example, you're, you're not going to be able to in, in a, a condominium uh, raise chickens, probably, <laughs> or right. or livestock. You're not going to be yeah. able to ride your horse up the elevator. Or you might have to limit on the size of a dog or something. Well, it, it can get that detailed. Yeah. Now, t- usually, what will happen is a developer is going to record a fairly boilerplate document. Um, they don't want to have too many restrictions. You want to have enough that you don't have, that's not the wild west in that building, mm-hmm. um, but you don't want to restrict it so much that you're uh, you're making people who want to be your customer into people who, who aren't going to be your customers. So you won't have like a, a rental restriction. Uh, the pet restrictions will be fairly loose. Uh, and then when you talk about uh, when pet restrictions, rental restrictions, these, these things will generally come into play after the condominium has been turned over by the developer. So when the, when a developer, and when I mean, what I mean by developer is uh, the company usually who acquires uh, the land and then builds the building. Um, they're going to, during the course, during the period of time when they're s- selling the units, they're going to control the association because they'll own all of the un- all of the units that haven't yet been uh, uh, deeded to the buyers, Makes and sense. so they have all the votes, right? Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, the uh, it tips over to where the unit owners will have, and and there's rules. The the, the law says when uh, a developer is supposed to turn the association over, they elect the first board, and then the unit owners are are then running the association. So what'll start to happen is. The assessment will go up because the developer had a very low assessment. They, yeah. they had a budget. Again, it's it's going to be geared towards selling units. Um, I can tell you, my assessment when I bought my new construction condo was like two thirty a month. It's now above six, and it it only took fifteen years for that to happen. So yeah, that's that's the cut. That's where that's how you end up with these you know higher and higher assessments. Um, but sometimes that's not a bad thing we, when it comes into it. I mean, you, you need money to do repairs. I don't know. And Greg, let me ask you, would you rather have special assessments or would you rather have a, a higher monthly assessment fee? Uh, I would rather definitely have the higher uh, m- monthly assessments. And that's one of, one of the biggest problems as a, a condo owner is uh, a lot of times people don't think they have a problem unless it's actually leaking into their unit. So then all of a sudden they get hit with a twenty or $30,000 um, special right. assessment and then they yeah. don't have the, the money to you know pony up to... to you know, put in their fair share. A question that I have that comes up on uh, inspections a lot is at what point is the selling side required to provide the uh, condo docs? Because a lot of times the, the realtors are like, we haven't got them, we haven't got them, we haven't got them. And it would be nice to know at that point, for me, I would like to know if they know what the reserves are based on the things that I'm seeing in the building so that I could share that information with my client. It would be nice to know. I mean, for, from a practical perspective on a buyer's side of things the sooner the better right the the things that kill deals are surprises so there may be some surprises in those documents um the agents are generally going to punt that to the lawyers and i would say and and it, it it can vary as far as what each lawyer um what their process is but generally speaking uh for me, I'll order those documents and disclosures once we're through attorney review and inspection, okay. um, because as I as I mentioned earlier, it's very expensive, um, and so we want to make sure that this is a solid deal. Because if you have to get updates, uh, they'll charge you for that too. So there's That's there's so kind of kind a, of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking sarcasm right no, now. I yeah, know. You know, it's 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 one of these things that um, that that just frustrates me. And and yeah. I was I was happy the legislature took the steps they took. Uh, I'm not so happy to find out that uh, property management companies are like, yeah, that's cute. Um, <laughs> we got ways we got ways around that. That's you know you've uh, you've not solved any problem whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I, I mean the contract does say within you know such and such number of days after acceptance the seller is to order them. It doesn't say to provide them, and that's because 
what, really all you can control is the ordering of the documents. You don't really know when they're going to be provided. If they're on, you know, if, if you're ordering from HomeWise and they're sitting there on HomeWise's uh, server, then you'll order and you'll get an email right away saying some of the documents are ready. Um, so, yeah, you can get them as quickly as that. If it's a smaller building, uh, on the other hand, and you're trying to get them from the uh, board president or the treasurer, usually that person is an unpaid volunteer in this position. And, and so you know, they, they, they'll get it to you when they get around to it. Um, from As the lawyer, I recognize that if, if the building's not professionally managed, I'm going to have to lead that horse to water a little bit more, meaning uh, I will provide them with, here's the form for the, uh, it's called a 22.1 disclosure, section 22.1 of the Condominium Property Act tells a seller what disclosures a buyer uh, is entitled to. And so there's a, there's, well, there's a lot of forms for that. There's a form I use, I say to the uh, to the board president here, use this form, fill it out, sign it. Um, here's a form for the paid assessment letter. Here are the documents I need. If you, if you, if any of them you don't have, just indicate that you don't have it. A smaller association often will not uh, keep uh, board meeting minutes, which is you know expected. Not ideal. Meeting minutes will often have all sorts of really good little uh, morsels of information. If they're talking about special assessments upcoming, if they're talking about, you know, if, they, if it's particularly contentious. I had one a few years ago where um, there was a lot of talk about embezzlement uh, by a, a previous board and the financials. And then the, one, one of the buildings had burned down and they rebuilt it. And apparently the, the rebuilt building was... Uh, well, they, they didn't rebuild it in, in the same, uh, it was not as robust, let's say. And I, I'm just going to my client, mm, I don't know that I would get involved with this one. And they, you know, they, they were tortured about it because yeah. everything else about this property worked for the situation. However, I, you know, again, Charlie, you and I talk about this all the time. We do. It's not up to us to make that decision, nope. but we can definitely put our thumb on the scale if we if we think it's in the client's best interest. And that's the key, is whatever is best for them. If somebody does want to talk to you more about these condo documents or anything else that's related to real estate, how do they get hold of you? And you can still point down. Um, <laughs> if you want to call me about condo docs, I would do it. Don't do it toward the end of the week. I'm going to be probably in a... In a mm, Okay, I don't. I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> Cranky pants mood. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. With that, I, something simple. I'd probably go like Tuesday around lunch. Probably the best time uh, to, to get me in a mood that where I won't just start. You know, I didn't say when. I said how. Well, right, but I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to to build. Uh, you know, the the boundary here. Um, call or text 773-632-8330 and someone's got an email. Uh, yeah, it wasn't me. It's over the years somewhere. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg, if somebody has questions, and, and you know, you didn't mention your home inspection company. Let's get that out there, too, and, okay. and throw a plug. How do people get hold of you? Um, the, uh, my, my phone number is 773-968-1643. My website is rfhhomeinspection.com, and um, email is rfhinspector at gmail.com. So... That's how you'd get a hold of me. That's awesome. And again, my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312-544-9180. And our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. And it's a plural ORS. I'm also the president of the Illinois Association of Home Inspectors. And we do a lot of lobbying for our profession and also to help protect the public. And, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is make it a little bit more harder for home inspectors to get a license in the state of Illinois. It's not that we're trying to keep people out, but we really believe that the bar to entry right now is too low. All right. And just recently, uh, and, and Patrick and, and Greg, I'd love for both of you to chime in on this. Just recently, I was reached out to by the radon professionals um, here in Illinois, and they want to pass a law that says that a tenant can get out of a lease if the radon levels come back high for that unit, and then the, the, the owner of the building, they're going to have 120 days to fix it. If they don't, then a tenant can just automatically get out of the lease, all right? 
And I didn't give all the details on stuff like that, but for the little bit that I did give, I'd love to get your two cents on what you think about that. Yeah, well, uh, we were talking about this a little earlier, and, um, you know, you want to make sure as a as a landlord i would think that i would want to make my place safe for any tenant to live so it's not very much 200 to 250 dollars to get a test done and then you could just show your tenants moving forward that you've had had it tested if it is a law that you've complied with the law and that their home is safe uh patrick can speak much more to what the legalities would be if you kind of got into that we say it's high and um, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting it tested by a licensed, trained professional that is going to give you laboratory, you know, you know, what are the ones that the monitors uh, that they placed would, would test for and not, you know, a, a kit that you would get at Home Depot. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, an interesting discussion to have for sure. Patrick, do you see any problems with the law like that coming in there? Well, uh we did discuss this before, and, and Charlie, some of the things that um, you and Greg brought up uh, is if, if, this, if this law is going to provide for any test to trigger this 120-day window where, the, uh, uh, where the, the landlord has to install radon mitigation, um, that, that could be open for abuse by people who are have ulterior motives i mean well we don't make laws for the good people we only make laws for the criminals it's just that the i'm sorry i shouldn't use that (laughs) word it's kind of strong those that abuse the system we have to make laws so the system doesn't get abused the only problem is the people that don't abuse the system also have to conform to those same laws yeah i mean i don't have i don't have a personal problem with having uh, with enacting a law that is uh, designed to protect consumers um i think as Proposed, there are some problems, uh, you know, that and, uh, to to the point, the points that you pointed out, where it, it's uh, if it's an amateur person performing the test, it, it won't be clear necessarily that 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 test has actually detected an issue or not detected an issue. Um, you know, some alternatives uh, that that come to mind are rather than make this a post lease kind of uh, remedy, uh, provide a right for a tenant pre-signing of the lease uh, to, uh, to, to have a, a test done. And, mm-hmm. and that, in that way, no, no, you're not creating that landlord-tenant relationship necessarily uh, that becomes one that is, is difficult to entangle uh, once you've entered into it, uh, aside from the beginning and the end of the lease. That would be one alternative. Another, that makes sense. Another alternative would be uh, if, a, if a tenant wants to, after the fact, uh, conduct a test, even if it's a Home Depot test, then if they do detect uh, elevated levels, that would uh, perhaps trigger uh, the obligation, not necessarily for the landlord to install mitigation a mitigation system, rather the landlord to have it professionally tested. Because um, then that way, uh, you know that that amateur test result is not one that was uh, either uh, accidentally or purposefully uh, drawing a uh, a false positive for elevated levels of radon. No, I, I believe too. And Greg, what's your feeling on testing for radon? Are you a proponent or, or oh, no. shrug shoulders? Oh, oh no, I... Um, it, it, like, the further southwest you go, uh, the, the much more... Um, chances that it's going to be elevated. I do a lot of inspections out in Naperville and um, Western Springs and Hinsdale and all that, and uh, probably 60% of the homes that get tested out there are elevated. So it's certainly something that, and I, and I believe it's more the, re, the realtor's um, responsibility to initiate that conversation, but it's something that I always ask my clients if it's something that they uh, know about, I tell them what I know about it, and then I can refer them to you know the radon professional that I know, and uh, if they want to do the test, then you know it gets scheduled and it gets done. And, and I'm kind of on board, and I'm a little bit different. So there's there is a radon testing company, and I, I think it's called Radon Detection Specialist, and I I think they're in Westmont, Illinois, is where they're located at. So if you're listening on this, you really do want to write write down their website. It's radondetection.net, and at least I'm pretty sure it is. The name of the company is Radon Detection Specialist. 
And what's, what they did on there was they took all of their results from everything throughout the entire Chicagoland area, and they're big. They do a lot of radon tests, and they keep it up there in a database. So you could throw up a zip code, and they'll tell you how many tests they did in that zip code, what was the highest reading in that zip code, what percentage of um, houses were over the action level in that zip code, and what was the average of all of the tests combined together in that action level. And for me... And, and tell me if I'm making a mistake, both of you. I am an advocate for clients to test for radon. I'm just not an advocate to pay me or our company to test for radon. You can get these charcoal canisters at Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards for 30 bucks. All right? And that includes the lab fees. And quite frankly, before they created the radon law, all of us used those charcoal canisters for a short-term test. They're probably just as accurate as the expensive machines that we use. You know, the machines that we have are closer to $1,000 each. I would say between $500 and $1,000 each. Our people have to be licensed to go ahead and do a test in someone else's place, and they get paid very well. So that's part of the reason why we charge $260. I know you said between $2 and $250. Sorry. We're slightly over that mark there. But I like to give an opportunity. The only problem is you can't put that test into someone else's home. you got to wait till you own the house. And then you look at the mitigation portion, how much is that? Usually, I mean, there's always unusual circumstances, but usually you'll find it between one and $2,000 for mitigating a problem. So now we go and we look in a zip code, and let's say we go to Lincoln Park, Lakeview. I only know those two because we do a lot of inspections in that area, and it, every, not one test has ever come in over the action level. The highest was two, all right? And, and Patrick and, and Greg, I'd love to your take on this. What do you think about my philosophy on that? Well, the only reason that I would always recommend that you go with the, the professional and not the Home Depot is because if you do it dur during the attorney review and it does come back high, then typically the seller pays for that system. Uh, if they don't, then they have to disclose that they have ele elevated radon and the, their attorney is going to advise them just go ahead and put the system in. It's just going to keep coming up. So it gives your client or my client the opportunity to for $200 or $260 to find out if they have a $2,000 problem that the seller could pay. And so a lot of people just, you know, uh, it, it's it's coming out of the basement floor. And if you're going to have a playroom and you've got your kids down there, obviously you don't want them uh, exposed to that elevated risk. So a lot of people just want to, for the peace of mind. And then if it is high, then, you know, the, the, the seller typically pays for it. But then when you do have high radon, every two years you're supposed to get that system tested again to make sure that the, the fan system is, is working properly. So um, I, I'd rather be safe than sorry. The, the last thing I ever want is a phone call saying, hey, you didn't recommend that. I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, now I've got, you know, somebody thinks that they're sick because of it. So. Um, I'd rather, you know, give my client the option, and then it's on them. If they want to test, go ahead and test. Fair enough. So you got two home inspector views. What about the attorney? How well, do you feel about that? I mean, you know, my personal feelings about it are, I guess I have mixed feelings in terms of, you know, what, what, is, my, what is the bang for my buck am I going to get out That's my of thought. this? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Greg, the, the the statistic you quoted uh, was that uh, they think twenty one thousand people a year in in this country uh, die uh, from uh, from conditions related to radon exposure. Yeah, lung cancer um, is what it causes. Right. Sure. So, I mean, it's like if you do the math, the the percentage of that, I mean, it, it's a it's a low percentage play, right? Um, but that said, you know, <laughs> uh, one death is a tragedy. You know, uh, ten thousand deaths is. is a statistic. So it's like, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, when pu if push comes to shove, and I'm and I'm buying a house out in Naperville, God forbid, uh, someday <laughs> I'm probably gonna. I like Naperville. Uh, well, you can do that. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I just I just lost all my Naperville business. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any neighborhood business. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, better safe than sorry. Now, from let me let me kind of uh, uh, switch over and put my lawyer hat on. Um, there's nothing I can do for you if after you close, you do a Home Depot test for $30 and find out you've got elevated radon levels. You're going to put your hand in your pocket if you want radon mitigation. So, And that's what I tell my clients, yeah. all right? Everything, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, it's risk and rewards. 
So your option is you could spend $260 now for a chance to negotiate up to $2,000, or you can wait until you own a home, spend $30, and then you might be on the hook for up to $2,000, all right? And then we look at the past results. Like I said, if we go to those two neighborhoods, 0%, what is your real risk that's there? Could it happen? Could you get a high result? Absolutely, all right? But I, I think the averages speak for themselves. I, I mean, we're talking in that general area, Palatine, Naperville. The further away we get from the lake, it seems the higher the levels go. Yeah, I mean, you know, just to kind of complete my thought, if if you want your lawyer to be able to negotiate something for you, it's it's got to happen before uh, you hand over your money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of giving me as much ammunition to fire away at the seller you know go have that test done um however uh charlie i think your point is is uh, a very important consideration you know, it's the risk reward um those statistics as far as what you're quoting if if i'm in lakeview or lincoln park it just doesn't sound likely to me that uh all of my neighbors tested uh, below the act uh, the i was it fema or iema action level but somehow i'm in some radon hot spot um yeah i just i probably won't worry about it it could happen and yeah and i don't understand the science behind radon but um just speaking with the uh, uh the radon guy that i use or certainly recommend um he uh, says that you know if the soil is disturbed which means if you tear down a house and you, you know, dig down a basement and all that stuff, you disturb that soil and something that might have been really packed before mm-hmm. that isn't allowing radon uh, up now may be coming up. So, um, you know, and, and his philosophy is that there's radon coming out everywhere. Every home is going to have an elevated uh, some radon. Of and you don't know what that level is until you get it tested. So, um, so I, and again, I don't know the science, so I don't know how much uh, disturbing the soil can um, you know, uh, allow more radon to, to seep into uh, the atmosphere. So. Well, let me share a little bit of the science with you then, uh, all right? Well, thank so you. the earth is made of uranium, and uranium is radioactive. And as, the, as uranium breaks down, one of the byproducts that it breaks down into is called radon. The real problem is radium. So if you ever saw the movie Madame Curie, where you know she discovered radium, and then everybody started getting real sick because they were getting super high doses, they just can't measure for the radium, all right? That has too long of a half-life, and you can't get a decent results out of it. But because the half-life of radon is so short, we can go ahead and measure for the radon, and then they can use a calculation to see how bad that is towards the radium coming into your lungs, all right? So I think it's important. I really do. I, I know a lot of people say, well, just open the window, you know, and <laughs> you let all the radon out and stuff like that. That actually it, can make it worse. It, it Sometimes it can make it worse. You create that Vacuum. negative pressure, yep. and yep. then you start sucking in more more air from the earth and that's where it ends up becoming the problem so oh my god you know i'm glad i live on the 12th floor and i don't have to worry about this that is important <laughs> too you know because we we started this with tenants and renters and it's the epa says you know they do not recommend testing four floors and above the earth i i honestly find that if you're on a slab or a crawl you know usually those are pretty low when it comes with it or if there's already a radon mitigation system in there you know, I think that gives you a peace of mind. And with the new construction, when they're putting in the passive radon systems, now the only thing you got to do is add a fan. They've already given you the piping. They've already given you all the underground work, the electric, everything else. So you go up in the attic and you cut the the pipe and you put a fan on there. That's like $150, $200. And now your radon problem is gone for less than what I charge for the test. Mm. I don't know. Should I put a mask on? <laughs> you know? I, I, but I do share this with my clients. I, you know, I am I am an advocate to test. There's cheaper ways to do it, but then you take on the risk. Does that change your thoughts at all? or? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's pretty black and white uh, as far as, as, you know, speaking with my lawyer hat on. Yeah. Um, does it change my perspective just personally? Um, I mean, I, I guess it, it, my decision will be based on uh, the situation. Um, it sounds like there's a lot to think about uh, to determine whether it's worthwhile. Like I said, I'm on the 12th floor. There would be no point in doing it. Um, 
No. And and so yeah, but if if I looked at that uh, map of zip codes and I saw that it was frequently uh, elevated levels, you know, two two thousand bucks for peace of mind. I mean, maybe I'm you know being snobby, but two thousand well, bucks is two thousand bucks. A mitigation for a condo is totally different. No, I mean, I mean, if I was buying a house. Yeah, mitigation for a condo is completely different. Um, and well, whose responsibility would that be if you're on the second floor of a condo and you get it tested? Oh, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to read the condo declaration, but um, so we're still waiting for the condo docs to come in. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've I've not come across a scenario where somebody has tested a second floor unit, um, nor. Have I come across a scenario where someone has uh, tested a second floor unit and tested it positive? So I've really never had to look into it. I I don't think that the uh, that it would be something that the, that the declaration bylaws or rules and regs or any of the governing documents would address because it would be such a rare uh, situation. Um, you'd really have to take a, a hard look at what the uh, what's considered common elements, what's considered limited common elements. Um, now, that's you can start to craft an argument to go to the board and say, I want you to pay for some or all of this. Now, when the rubber meets the road, you might have a board that's totally obstinate and they go, look, we don't see this as a problem. And it's a three, yeah. four, four unit building and three of us say, nah. And if that's the case, you're kind of out of luck because what what are your options? Your option is to sue. If you think you're just you know, on all fours, you're right, they're wrong, they're not budging. However, now now your only option is to have a judge uh, order them to do the thing that you think that they're supposed to do. Uh, the the dollars and cents don't allow for that. Um, so yeah, it's. It, there's there's what's is right and then there's what is you know it happening in reality so yeah it's it i can't tell you with any certainty what would happen in such a situation um but yeah th those th those are some of the places i start to look as far as if i'm trying to make an argument to convince a board that they ought to contribute i love it and how do people get hold of you if they got more questions on that oh god you're gonna call me on that too <laughs> Calling you on everything. <laughs> call me, call or text 773-632-8330. Follow me on Insta at Loftus underscore law. Follow me on TikTok at Loftus Law. And don't forget to smash the like button and subscribe and hit the bell so you get a notification every time we do this. I love it. That's <laughs> going to be on our YouTube channels, and we are going to be bringing another one just for the radio show. Greg, if somebody wants to become a magician and get involved with this program or if they want to talk to you about the home inspection profession how do they get hold of you uh reach me at 773-968-1643 if you'd like more information about uh, becoming an open heart magician you can call uh, 312-624-8079 and talk to aaron and he can kind of walk you through the process and um if you would like uh, raffle tickets or to buy tickets from uh, for the benefit that's coming up on the 28th in April, uh, you can reach out to me, or again, you can reach out to the, the office at 312-624-8079. Uh, I love it. You were going to say something? Yeah. I, I, I want to maybe clarify why I'd sound like such a nudge when uh, you <laughs> when you ask me for uh, to you know how do I contact you about condo stuff? You know, I don't like condo disputes. Um, who, I mean, does? Who, who does? I don't but, like any disputes. Yeah. But as a lawyer, um, you know, one one of the one of my main jobs is to solve problems, resolve disputes. Okay. Um, these kinds of disputes usually are very emotionally charged nobody's thinking yeah. in their adult mind nope. and it's there this person is doing this to me and i don't like it and it's wrong and you know it just i want you to beat them up for me well yeah i mean you know uh, uh, charlie not to not to trigger you like i do every week but it's <laughs> it's not too different than uh, divorce law really um yeah. in in, the, in terms of the how emotional it can get yeah. and I'm, I don't want to deal strictly in, with emotions because that's I'm, I'm leaving my expertise. Uh, I'm, I'm not a trained therapist. I don't yeah, know absolutely. how to you know resolve those kinds of emotional issues. So yeah, I, I do you know someone calls me with a condo issue, I go, here we go. I'm, I'm just about to do some free therapy. 
But isn't that also, you know, as humans, we are emotional creatures. And, and as real estate professionals, the whole buying a home thing is emotional, right? It and, is. This- and we need to think logically. Well, yes, but th- these are, are another level. And and I wonder, Charlie, what if I wanted to contact you about something really... <laughs> uh, turning the tables. <laughs> about inspections, and, and you know, maybe you can even talk a little bit about um, what an inspector's role is when it comes to a condo and um, That's some a of the common thing. elements. And, and, and I'm going to turn it back on you So in, in a little bit. But yes, my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312 Five four four nine one eight zero. If you press two, that'll get you to me. So you could even talk to me just right, right now, at least not for the next fifteen minutes or so. We're gonna finish up with this recording. But when when we're dealing with condos, you know, I offer my clients pricing. All right. So we, I guess I need to back up a little bit. The Illinois Home Inspector Law re- mandates what we have to look at, but there's also a provision in there for us to exclude certain items that typically we have to look at. So depending on the building, and I'd love to get your two cents in on this, Patrick and Greg. And Greg um, you know, let's say it's a high rise and there's 60 units in the building, right? So we give a hundred dollar discount if we don't look at the roof and the exterior. I mean, you, you're only got such a small portion. Yeah, you're probably not even gonna get on the roof. They're not gonna give us case, access, right? right? Yeah. But yet, I just had a client that is buying. It's a, a three story with a basement. She bought the duplex down, so there's really only two units in this building. She's gonna own half of the roof and half of the 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 building or the exterior of the building so she wants to have it done you know and that actually brought me up she asked a question well can you inspect the roof because the top floor person owns the roof and they got a roof deck up there and you can't see the roof you know patrick smiles at me i love it what do you think greg well yeah i mean uh, you, our, our inspection is always limited to what we can physically see so we are not going to be able to see what's underneath a uh, a deck uh, when I do con- my condo inspections, um, I want to see everything that I possibly can see. So if I can safely get on a roof, um, I'll get on the roof. If okay. uh, you know, if I can do the interior, uh, front and back stairwells, and the grounds around the house, uh, I want to. Uh, I want to see everything that I can see. Okay. And uh, as long as we're talking about condos, this was one that uh, happened to me about two weeks ago. I was filling up the Whirlpool tub turned it on and about five minutes later the lady from the second floor i was on the third floor started pounding on the door what are you doing what are you doing my dining room's flooding oh no yeah so there was a broken jet on the tub and this woman talking about emotional she was literally crying the water was pouring down her dining room wall onto her dining room floor and oh, she was saying God. This was the second time. They didn't fix it. I'm tired of dealing with this. And she's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just like, oh, my God. So I just took pictures of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said, I'm not testing anything else until they get a plumber out here. And, uh, you know, the, they had somebody, they found somebody that came out and fixed the jet. And I went back and, and finished the inspection. But that's one of those things that, you know, um, did they hold you, you just hold you responsible oh, not for at that? A, no? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's not my fault. Nobody told me not to. You know, the the seller knew that at one point there was a problem, and nobody told me not to test it. So I'm I'm just doing my job. So no, you didn't do anything wrong there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, fingers I've, always come out anyway. Yeah, well, that's, I felt true. Bad. that's true. I felt bad for the lady downstairs, and obviously she was emotional. Obviously her her unit was very nice, and now uh, she's got a a water d- disaster there, and she's got to try and work resolve something out. With, you know what's Somebody that's leaving the building so it, it was uh you know uh, you want to hear my most expensive stupid move sure can't wait. sure <laughs> it was a beautiful home out in st charles it was probably about six thousand square feet master bedroom and bathroom around the top floor i was getting pressured from the real estate agent to hurry up hurry up you're taking too long i want to get out of here right Patrick wonders why I'm a little prejudiced to real estate agents. You know, that was one of my trigger memories that I have. So I told him, I said, yeah, fine. You stay here. You watch this tub. All I got to do is the attic and then make sure the Whirlpool tub or the jets work and all that. So just hang here and it's running and turn it off when it gets up there and we'll just fire it up and we'll be done. I go up in the attic. I do my thing. I'm at the top of the opening. I'm sitting there at the top of my ladder. I'm discussing what I'm seeing in the attic with the client. 
And the real estate agents there, I just assumed he turned the water off already, right? And then all of a sudden we start hearing a little sound. He goes, oh, that might be the daughter of the owner. They're coming back already, you know. And it's getting louder and louder, and it's sounding like that rainforest cafe sound, you know. Oh, no. Well, the tub overflowed, you know. And, and I asked him, and, and, and this was really cool to see. I go, did you shut the water off? And you could just literally see the blood leave his head as he's going into shock yeah. on this sort of stuff. But so he goes running back, and I'm hearing boom, 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 splash, 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 oh, you know. God. And I'm like, no, oh, no. And um, so he turns, we turn it off. Water went all the way down to the basement and landed on, of course, this new antique uh, pool table, you know. And it did close to twenty-five thousand dollars worth of damage, or so wow. they said. Thank goodness I had insurance to go ahead and make that all right. Right. right yeah. And the bottom line is this: I turned the water on. All right. I left. Even though he said he would watch it, I left. Uh, and he doesn't have insurance for stuff like that. So, I don't know, Mr. Attorney, I'm still at fault, aren't I? Well, you know, there's this concept called joint and several liability, right? So, even if both of you, I, I mean, I, I think he's he's got some blame there. Absolutely. Um, he and, couldn't afford twenty five grand though. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, look, if you're selling real estate in St. Charles, I would think that, uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> Be nice. He, he could have he could have put his hand in his pocket, but he's thinking to himself, well, you know, Charlie's got insurance, and insurance will take care of it. You know, so the joint and several liability thing, uh, quickly, is if, uh, if there's more than one person at fault, uh, each of them is responsible to pay all of it. And you, your insurance company could have perhaps uh, under a subrogation claim, which I won't explain what that is, but basically it's it's their ability to go and recover whatever his fault was in the matter. Yeah. They'll decide whether it's it's uh, it's worth doing or not. And it sounds to me like they they just uh, they they just took the hit. Yeah, and, and sometimes taking the hit is the best thing to do. So I really sorry we missed Joey Matthews today at the Federal Savings Bank. Um, I, I always like his updates to what's going on in the federal governments and how that's handling with our, our real estate market and the rates that we all buy. Joey's phone number is 630-235-2405. Again, that's 630-235-2405. And one last time for me, my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312 312- Five four four nine one eight zero. If anybody's interested in getting into the home inspection business, then they can go to Home Inspection University of Illinois, and that is H-I-U-I-L.com, and reach out to me, and we can probably give you some some decent discounts when it comes to taking the online program. And, Greg, if somebody wants to be a magician, how do they find out more about that? Um openheartmagic.org or you can call 312-624-8079 and your phone number please 773-968-1643 say it again one more time 773-968-1643 and patrick how do people get hold of you get a hold of me call or text 773-632-8330 follow me on insta loftus underscore law follow me on tiktok loftus law I love it. And then don't forget, I still want to, I'm so amazed by your TikTok following. <laughs> in in a matter of two months, you got like 25,000 followers. Give me a, what is the TikTok for the cheap flights? Yeah, so I pick a bunch of flights from Chicago, New York, LA to places all over the world that you might want to fly. And I tell them to you on TikTok. If you want to hear all about it and get excited about traveling to places like Paris, Tokyo, Sydney, Rome, I don't know, you name it, I'll probably find it. It's Let Me Help You Fly on TikTok. Excellent. And a special thank you to Devin Tingle. He's our producer. He makes everything work over here at WCPT AM 820. And we'd like to thank the crew for letting us on there. And Bernie, I know you're listening in the driveway. This is Charlie, and I'm out.